Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 28, Connectivity in the Ecosystem. A few years ago, a run took me on a road along a cove that opens into Penobscot Bay, one of the major bodies of water on the coast of Maine. As I ran by, an osprey dove and splashed as it impacted the water's surface, and with several powerful wing beats and a little shimmy to shake off the seawater, it rose up into the air with a fish in its claws. From a nearby tree, an eagle swooped down on the osprey, chasing it in tight, swirling arcs until the osprey dropped the fish. The eagle didn't catch the fish. They often do. And I saw it drop onto the beach below. I ran down onto the beach to see what kind of fish it was, flopping in silver in the coarse sand and gravel. A little over a foot long, large eyes, flattened body, deep rounded belly, dark on top, light on bottom, silver scales shimmering purple iridescence in the sunlight. It was an alewife, an anadromous species of herring that lives in the ocean and returns to freshwater ponds and streams each spring to reproduce. They return each April and May, when the water warms to 45 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, delights me almost as much as the first tiny magenta blooms of the beaked hazelnut or the first palm warbler. Alewives return to their natal lakes and ponds to spawn, traveling from sea to estuary to river to stream to access those freshwater bodies. The fish spend days to weeks in the ponds and lakes and may even move up and down in the estuaries multiple times during the breeding season. In their breeding grounds, They broadcast spawn their gametes in shallow water near shore. They do not appear to feed while undertaking their breeding migration, and may start to feed as they make their final moves out of the freshwater systems into the estuaries and back to sea. The young hatch and spend the next few months in ponds and lakes, feeding on zooplankton and growing. Late in the summer and into fall, the young of the year migrate out of the lakes and ponds, through the streams, into the estuaries, and out to sea where they stay for three or four years before making their first return trip to their natal pond or lake to breed. Unlike the well-known Pacific salmon, alewives don't necessarily die after spawning and can return year after year to repeat spawn. A seven or eight-year-old fish is pretty remarkable, at least for the populations of alewives I interact with. Alewives are ecosystem connectors. They travel from fully marine coastal ocean systems all the way to the headwater lakes and ponds of inland watersheds. When they travel from one ecosystem to another, they link the systems by transporting energy and nutrients in the form of their own bodies. Bringing productivity from the ocean, literally solar energy that was captured by phytoplankton in the ocean, and transport it to a freshwater pond. The nutrients that come along with this energy, namely nitrogen and phosphorus, may be even more important, as they are the ones typically limiting primary or photosynthetic productivity. That's why they are two of the three elements that make up most agricultural fertilizers. The two main sources of nutrients from alewives are excretion, the release of waste products the fish create on a daily basis, and carcasses, the bodies of fish that didn't make it and died or were killed and not consumed en route. A really interesting 2009 study showed that the nitrogen and phosphorus signal doesn't show up in the water chemistry tests that were done during the alewife run, but that these nutrients did show up in the food chain, meaning the nutrients got biologically assimilated really quickly. The nutrients entered the food chain at what is called lower trophic levels, also known as the bottom of the food chain. When we think of fish runs and food chains, most of us think of grizzly bears standing in salmon rivers, catching the fish leaping in the air, or osprey diving down into the water to come out with a gleaming herring. That isn't lower trophic levels. 
The bottom of the food chain, in this case, is called periphyton, basically a biofilm that grows on submerged surfaces in aquatic systems. The stuff that hangs onto rocks and grows, bacteria, algae, the things that make walking on rocks in a stream treacherous. The periphyton is the salad bar for invertebrates that live in the streams and ponds, and the invertebrates are the bacon bits for the larger fish and birds that live in the systems. This slime, and not the charismatic megafauna, is the true entry point for all those marine-derived nutrients to enter the freshwater food web. Alewives bring a bit of the ocean and its bounty inland, upstream, feeding innumerable species large and small along the way. And the young of the year bring a bit of that freshwater ecosystem back out to the ocean and feed it to larger predators like striped bass and Atlantic cod. By connecting ecosystems and redistributing nutrients, these fish increase the overall stability and productivity of the greater macrosystem to the benefit of all. This has been episode 28 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week.